In this episode of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, a teenager gets into a life-altering car accident and discovers that life-altering doesn't always mean for the worse. I grab his hand and he's like, Dad, am I going to get to play football? Dad, am I going to get... That's all he was saying. He wow. would he would just constantly repeat it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the extent of it at the time because they had everything covered. And I said, I don't know. Don't Look Back, up next on Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. I'm Rob Prince. In August of 2019, 13-year-old Jabin Collins was driving to a campground with his 16-year-old sister in their Dodge Neon when they got into an accident that would change their family forever. I interviewed him and his dad, Josh, about the experience. It was August 3rd, 2019. Okay. And, um, yeah, I had to go mow some lawns. And then my mom and my aunt had already gone out to go camping because we were going to go camping that day. And then I got done mowing lawns, went and took a shower. And then we, me and my sister started driving to go out to the campsite and... That's like where it ends, that day ends for me pretty much. Really? Because I get in the accident. Tell me about the accident, what happened? How much do you remember? Nothing. Really? Yeah. You, is that disturbing to you that you remember nothing of it? I'm kind of glad in a way because like I don't have to think about it all the time. Yeah. It's just like I know what happened, but I don't know what happened during it. So, yeah. Grace was driving the car. Just had gotten her license about a month before. And she never had actually driven in torrential downpour. It was bad. Mm -hmm. And it was on a back road over by Fox. So it was pretty nasty. So she's driving. There's no cars around. She hydroplanes, tries to correct. As she corrects, she hits the guardrail. And the car flips over into the thing on the grass there and onto the roof of the car. So what's the last thing that you remember that day? I think mowing the lawn. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then what's the first thing you remember after all of this? Waking up in the hospital. Okay. Yeah. And what, what was going through your mind? I was worried that something had happened, but nobody told me that anything had happened because I was just going to go right into surgery. Okay. Um, yeah, that was, it was intense. Oh, I was so worried, so scared. What were you worried about? That really it was that I would never be able to play football again. Okay. And uh, that was like the most important thing to me. Because you knew your body was broken somehow, but you didn't know how. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, dazed it's not it's not super clear but i like remember being there in the hospital so i was at work and i have uh, lymphedema and my legs were weeping it was just fluid was coming out they were so swollen so that's okay so it's a swelling yeah, issue yeah it's a swelling issue okay. and i told my boss i have to go to the emergency room because it's happened before mm-hmm. and i literally i punched out and as i'm walking out the door of the gas station, phone rings. Is this Mr. Collins? I'm like, yes. Uh, your kids have been in an accident, and 
you need to meet them at the emergency room because we can't get a hold of their mother. And mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm on my way to the ER anyway. <laughs> so I get there and I say, I'm here to check in, but also my kids are on their way into the uh, ambulance and I need to wait for them. And they take me back and they stroll them in, both of them, and they put it in adjoining rooms. And I go in to check on him first. Mm-hmm. And I grab his hand and he's like, Dad, am I going to get to play football? Wow. Dad, am I going to get – that's all he was saying. Wow. He, would, he would just constantly repeat it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the extent of it at the time because they had everything covered. And I said, I don't know. But let me go check on your sister because mom wasn't there yet. Right. So I went in, checked on Grace, and Grace was just worried about Jabin. Wow. And um, from what I know, um, uh, there were eight cars behind them that had stopped. Mm. And when they pulled, when he pulled himself out, Grace was actually stuck in the car upside down. Mm-hmm. And these people pulled her out and got them out. The ambulance came and then took them off. So, I mean, that was, you know, firsthand experience. And then I went and checked on Grace, and all she could say was, is Jabin okay? Is, am I, is everything going to be okay? And she had a huge gash in her head, and her elbows were scratched. She'd broken one of her elbows. Mm. And uh, I said, I don't know, but I'm going to go check on your brother. And this was for about an hour. I was going back and forth until Amy actually came. Mm. And when she came, I basically stayed with Jabin, and she stayed with Grace. And it was it was pretty gut wrenching to just think I'm here and I can't do anything for them. Right. And they're laying basically flat on their backs. And so about two more hours go by and the doctor comes in and says, well, we're going to take your son into surgery. And I look at Amy and said, listen, I got to go check myself in because my legs are so bad. And so that was about four hours for me this there. And as and when I got out, he was still in surgery. So we were sitting up in the tower there at the FMH. And just there was all of our friends were there. There was probably about 15 people just sitting there. And uh, eventually we were allowed to go sit with Grace and we did. And then it was just back and forth. They were basically in two separate rooms. And Did she require any surgery? Yes. They tried to – they set her elbow and then – they did something with her skull because she actually lost a piece of her scalp. Oh. And it was pretty bad. She had a concussion, so she didn't remember a whole lot. So this was this going on for about, I'd say, seven days as they were both in the hospital. Because I was still working. And so I was barely, I was working like nine-hour days. And Amy's teaching. And we're still doing stuff. And it just, it was it was one of those things that it's like, there's nothing I can absolutely do about this. I just have to put it in God's hands and let him, you know, deal with it. So you're you're conscious for a, a short amount of time and then you go right into surgery? I'm pretty sure that would happen. That's okay. what happened. That's at least what I remember. Okay. Yeah. And then what, what do you remember next? Staying in the hospital for a couple, like uh, two weeks after that, having like three surgeries done okay of them trying to close the uh wound and then it just didn't work so they sent me home and then what wound so my foot was cut from the toe to the heel what was the attitude when when you left the hospital like wait and see 
Or yeah, what? it was it was um, wait and see if it heals and hopefully it heals and if it doesn't, we hadn't really gotten to if it doesn't, what's gonna happen? Oh, because wow. we were just super confident that it was gonna heal. Right. But then after a couple of weeks, it didn't heal. And what was that like? What do you mean it didn't heal? What what was happening? It like the swelling wouldn't go down. Okay. So they couldn't. Um, close the last part of the cut. Okay. Tell me about when you had to make the big call. That was the most emotional thing I've ever had to go through was mm -hmm. uh, making that decision because I remember being in the the wound care because I had to go and get my foot wrapped every day. Wow. And uh, one of the doctors was like, you might have to cut it off. And I started crying right there. Yeah. And what, then... What was going... Was, hmm? Could you even process that? Not really. Yeah. I was like, that's it for me. You know, it's it's all over. I'm never going to be able to play football again if I get it cut off. Football um, means that much to you, huh? Yeah. Football means everything to me. What, what, what do you mean everything? Like what? Like, tell me more about that. It's all you think about. It's all you want to do. It's yeah. all you ever are going to want to do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, your vision of life is over. Well, yeah. Everything you've dreamed of is gone. Yeah. Is That's, what you're yeah. worried about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you had some inklings during the treatments that maybe this was going to happen. Yeah. And so tell me about when you you actually had to make the decision. Um, what was that like? Who was deciding it and what, what were the... Well, I it, the final say was down to me. It was either I wait like a year, maybe two, see if it heals or we just cut it off right now and wow. just get it all over with. And so waiting's not appealing because you can't play football in high school. Yeah. Waiting to me wasn't an option. Yeah. So I, I was finally just like, I'm not waiting. So I just said, cut it off. And I had seen other people who had played football with uh, prosthetics and stuff like that. Okay. So then I was like, then I was super confident that I would I would be able to do that. So I was like, now that I know that, you can cut it off. You can do the job. And how did it feel when you when you made that decision, when you're like, okay, this is the new path, was there some sense of relief in that now I have a plan or, or was it just more questions? It was a little bit of relief, but it was more stressful where I was like, I'm really gonna have to do all these things and it's gonna be, it's gonna, I'm gonna have to work so hard mm -hmm. to get to where I wanna be. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to learn to walk again, right? Yeah. And run. Yeah. And what position do you play in football? I play center. Okay. And yeah. really beat up other guys. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of feeling like you're getting knocked back and having to start yeah. from scratch. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell me about going in for the, the day of the procedure? It was like any other of my surgeries. It was like just kind of... Yeah, we know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't super emotional. At mm -hmm. least for me, it wasn't. Maybe for like my parents, it was. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, "This is what's got to happen." Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna suck it up and 
do it, even if I don't necessarily want to, because I want two legs, I want both feet. But if it's what needs to be done to move forward in life, mm-hmm. then I should probably do that. So the two, like he said, the two weeks went by. They let him out, and they said, "Well, you're gonna have to go to wound care every day to get it looked at." And it progressively got worse and worse. The black kept taking over the dead skin. And I remember that day that we went to the doctor's office to, it was like three, it was like literally 30 days later. And he said, well, you got a decision to make. And I, my, me personally, I remember being filled with rage because here's a guy who knew that we would have to cut the foot off anyway mm-hmm. he even told us that mm-hmm. and i said why did we waste 30 days doing all this when all we could have done is just cut it off right then and there and he could have moved on with his life but again things happen and yeah. it was just one of those things that he cried a little i i wanted to be strong so i mean you know inside i'm just like dying of course but and it was just hey it's your decision man you got to decide whether you want to live this life and or if you want to cut it off and move on and be you know do it so we made that decision and september 11th obviously is mm-hmm. kind of unforgettable as it is but yeah i was actually at work that day when they cut it off because mom was there and i was just like i gotta pay the bill somehow so mm-hmm. We'll hear more from Jabin Collins and his dad, Josh, about what happened after the surgery in just a moment. This is Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, the Don't Look Back episode. I'm Rob Prince. Dark Winter Nights is returning to the stage for the first time in two years on Saturday, February 26th at 7 p.m. in Lathrop High School's Herring Auditorium. As always, we want to hear your great true stories from Alaska, so we can possibly put you up on stage if you like. No pressure. We can just do a nice, quiet interview, too, if you don't like public speaking. Either way, you can submit your stories and get more information about the live event. Sign up for our e-newsletter and subscribe to our podcast at darkwinternights.com. When we left their story, 13-year-old Jabin Collins was about to have his foot amputated after it had failed to heal properly from a terrible car accident. I spoke with him and his dad, Josh, about what happened next. When you when the surgery was over and you wake up, what what does that feel like to wake up and now you, you're missing... How but basically from the knee down? It's for, for it's how? more like the mid mid yeah mid calf down. But mm-hmm. I actually the funniest thing ever. I actually woke up, looked down, thought my foot was still there because uh-huh. before I went in, it was wrapped and uh-huh. my stump they call it was wrapped. So I looked down, thought my let thought my foot was still there, and I was like, did I go into surgery? Like, oh. th- has it happened yet? Uh huh. Um. And then I realized, and then I was super shocked. I was like, oh, my word. There's no going back now. I know. It was like, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. I quickly got over that feeling, though. Okay. And so throughout this, it seems like you've definitely had an attitude of, we've got to move forward. Yeah. Don't 
it seems like you're not very rearward focused, which yeah. maybe is a useful thing, but you don't spend a lot of time looking backwards. You're you're looking forwards. Yeah. Okay. I try I try to not I try not to look back on the past cuz I don't know how that would how that would make me feel. But yeah. It doesn't generally help. As someone yeah, who spends yeah, a yeah. lot of time looking backwards, <laughs> let me tell you, it's a bad way to go through life. So I'm glad that you're yeah. <laughs> you're not dwelling on that because there's no you can't do anything about it. It's done. Yeah. So yeah, so move on. So how long was it before they gave you the put on the prosthetic try? So it got cut off September 11th, and then I got my first prosthetic December ish around there. Two years, years ago. ago, okay, yeah. All so right. twenty nine, so December of twenty nineteen. Right. Okay, okay. I got my first leg, and it's nothing like the ones I have now. It's it was way worse, but <laughs> is it worse? <laughs> it was it was like an actual like foot type thing. Uh-huh. So like you would put a shoe on it, uh-huh. and it didn't have any type like of like to yeah, it. it didn't have any movement really. So it was just that must have been discouraging to you. It was at first because. It was so hard to do things. And yeah. not only that, I was learning how to walk again. Right. And it was so difficult because it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so difficult. Yeah. What is this prosthetic called, by the way? Um, they, I guess they call it a blade. Okay. Yeah. And so it's the one that people are probably more familiar with seeing, like, track runners using. And yeah. It's, it's the one that basically looks like a sort of a, a spring or a yeah. a, a J. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did it – how did that feel when you transitioned to this? Like, a hundred times better. Night and day. It, it was so much better. Really? Yeah, because I could, like – I don't know. It was, it was, I just know it was a lot better. Uh huh. Yeah. It felt more natural and intuitive. Yeah. Okay. As it is now, do you feel like you can, what's it, do you feel like you can feel it to a degree? Like, like where it is? Or, I mean, because it seems like the trick for me with walking with a prosthetic is mm-hmm. that you, in some ways, there's a certain amount of faith. Like you put your foot down and you just assume something will be there. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. Well, yeah, that's essentially what it is. is okay. You you know that. I mean, the doctors always tell you, you know, it's you're obviously going to be worried the first, you know, the first time you walk on one. Yeah. But then as time goes on, you know that it'll support you. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you do, it'll be able to hold you up, just like your leg would be able to. Right. What What was it like? Getting back into football. So I play for I play on a really small team. Okay. So there isn't really tryouts. It's more like if you come out to play, you're on the team. Okay. Um, so I didn't have to try out, and I everybody had already known me from the year before because I had gone to one practice, mm. and then I got in the accident. Wow. You're getting into sort of what for many folks is is the big leagues of football. It's the main yeah. football they play in their life. You get one practice. And then everything suddenly gets put on hold. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of a tease. Like, yeah. here's about what you're about to experience, everything you've been waiting all these years for, and nope. Yeah. I After I'd gotten the accident and um, I was 
actually awake and everything, one of my teammates who was, who was one of my really good friends, he came to the hospital and was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you made the team. And I was like, I was like, of course, of course I did. And oh so, gosh. yeah. That's that's uh, yeah. bittersweet news. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I was like, oh man, <laughs> it was so sad. But so tell me about tell me about returning to the team after you had this blade. It was difficult because I hadn't really done anything like super like with aggressive. athletics yeah. or like yeah anything mm. aggressive with it yet. I had like done maybe a little bit of running, maybe some like jogging and stuff, but nothing like being on a football field and running like the whole time you're at practice. Right. What did your teammates think? They were actually really accepting. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They were like, you know, if I had to, cause sometimes during like practice, I'll have to go out, go, um, go sit down, take it off, mm-hmm. dry it off. Cause it gets super sweaty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were just like, they were just like, yeah, we know you gotta do what you gotta do. So they were super accepting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about the first game. First game. Uh, Were you nervous? Yeah. Okay. Super nervous. Super nervous because I had never really I had never really played football to the extent of, like, high school football because mm. high school football is so serious. That's and true. Like, this isn't just your first game on the blade. It's the first game ever high school. So you got yeah. that layered stress. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have to memorize every play, uh, you know, and – don't mess up or you know it was scary but it was fun at the same time okay because i I was so glad to be back doing what i love to do Mm -hmm. yeah right were you worried that you could basically keep up with the opponents or that were you worried they would just run you over because you have an important job there as the center you're basically the Kind of keystone of defense for the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I, I was definitely worried. And I if was, they could just push you down, then it's, yeah, it's it sack after sack after yeah. sack, right? Yeah, I was super worried, but I I ended up doing pretty good. I ended up playing pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Are you starting? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good. How has it gone since then? Is it even anything you think about anymore when you play football? No. It doesn't. It doesn't even cross your mind uh-uh. to to this. That's insane. Yeah. Is there anything you feel like you can't do? You're like, ah, eh, I can't do that now. No. Really. I think I could do pretty much anything. Wow. Yeah. And um, I know your family's. Um, from what I understand, not like we've had big talks about it, but a, a pretty religion's a, a big part of your life. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk about in terms of how? your faith has guided you throughout this process. God's definitely given me the strength to not give up on my dreams. And mm-hmm. he's pushed me or he's given me the strength to push forward. Are you a different person today than you were before the accident? Yeah. In what way? I feel like before the accident, if I kept going the way I was, I would n- not be a a good a nice person. Really, I feel like I would be like your like typical like jock. Like you know, you go around 
you mess with people all the time. The bad guy in all those 80s movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be me, but like, you know, it, this, ever since this happened to me, I feel like my relationship with God has gotten a lot better so that I have verged away from that path of becoming that person. So I'm actually really happy about that. Not only that you're happy that this happened. Well, happy no, I'm happy happened? that I am not on that path anymore. And right. Maybe, and if this is what it took to have it yeah, happen, then so be it. Then, yeah, it was probably worth it. Wow. Yeah. You know, because it strikes me, we tend to think of things like this as just a 100% absolute tragedy with no good mm -hmm. to it whatsoever and the end of life. Mm -hmm. And and this is the worst possible thing any parent could ever happen to their kid. Mm -hmm. And basically what you're saying is, no, nah, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah. You don't have to say that. I mean, it's a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a big deal. But, I mean, I just really try not to even think about my path. Like, whenever I start thinking of, like, man, life is so much worse now. I, I just am like, no, it's not. It's a lot better now because, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot better now because I'm more happy in life than I was before. I'm a lot happier. Wow. Yeah. That is obscenely encouraging and healthy thought. Yeah. I wish we could put you in a pill. I'd take, I'd take a Jabin pill every morning, <laughs> especially in December. <laughs> like everything is worse than it's ever been. Yeah. Today is the worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember walking on a regular leg. You're so used to this. Now. I'm so used to it. Oh my gosh, yeah. wow. It's like, so like people ask me, what does it feel like walking on? I'm like, it's it's normal. It's it's like you, it's like how it feels when you walk on your legs. It's just normal. Wow. Yeah. Any little bit of advice for people that you might give? Always have a good mindset. And never, never get down on yourself. Never feel so bad that you're like, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's not worth living. It's not worth all. Just stay focused on what you want to complete and always have a good mindset. That's That would be what I tell people nowadays. If this kid is 16 and he's doing this, what am I doing? I need to get off my butt and do something to inspire, you know, pay it forward and be just like this kid. I mean, that's me every day, practically. Mm -hmm. I get out of bed because he does. I right. Mean, There's a sense of, like, if he can do this, then my problems are mm -hmm. nothing. I should be so grateful yeah. for and what I'm I have. And I'm 44. I have diabetes. I have fibromyalgia. I've had cancer, everything. And it's just like, you know, at least I have both my legs. Yeah. You know, and he's just going along life. So mm -hmm. it just keeps you yeah you have your good and bad, bad days but you have better more good ones because you have him as a example and an inspiration to just be like eh, hey, it's, let's just it's go it's pretty hard to complain yeah. to him i bet these days i mean days. really it is i mean <laughs> i could complain i mean he's he's basically my one of my best friends i mean we talk uh -huh. about everything and when yeah. i complain he just is like yeah i got you he yeah. listens yeah. but i know deep down inside he's like I still got you. I still, got, I, I still got you, old man. I, I don't need to hear any of that stuff because I guess what? I don't have a leg, so. 
that's what that's what my that's what my two cents is about the whole situation. So. Jabin Collins and his dad Josh. Thanks so much for listening to the Don't Look Back episode of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. Today's episode was produced and edited by myself, Rob Prince. Story consultation by Lori Neufeld. Dark Winter Nights is returning to the stage for the first time in two years on Saturday, February 26th at 7 p.m. in Lathrop High School's Herring Auditorium. As always, we want to hear your great true stories from Alaska. You can submit your stories and get more information about the live event, our podcast, and more at darkwinternights.com. Remember, these are the stories we tell up here in Alaska on Dark Winter Nights. I'm Rob Prince. <laughs>